This podcast is brought to you by Glitterati Communications. Learn more about Glitterati at BeGlitterati.com. What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Yo, yo, what's up, people? Man, it's been a minute. I know, I've been slacking, you know. I, for the people who know, I've, I've been through a lot in 2023. It's been a rough year. Uh, multiple hospitalizations, staph infections, surgeries, uh, you know, effectively ending my <laughs> never started basketball career. Uh, so, you know, I won't spend too much time on this, but, you know, I'm back. We're back, baby. Let's get it. Uh, I'm going to try to be more consistent with the releases. We're going to do more uh solo episodes with me being introspective and weird and digging into my you know my deep thoughts and giving advice for those who find that interesting and I also have some some new friends that I want to bring back onto the show and some that uh have done some interesting things in the fine art world and and I really want to like explore that area more because I'm I'm getting into my painter bag uh, a lot more these days so yeah some some interesting things to uh to come uh going forward but to start out the year we're actually going to uh bring back the creative nova scotia award series that i did last year so this is the second time i'm doing it have a blast every single time shout out to heist and kiki beats and arts nova scotia and uh yeah it's um Yo, I, I I just have a blast every time. It's fun. I, I can't lie. I love meeting all these new creatives. And um, so we're going to get into uh, this episode. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Welcome to a special series of Art Pays Me interviews with the winners of the 2023 Creative Nova Scotia Awards. Presented by Arts Nova Scotia and the Creative Nova Scotia Leadership Council, the Creative Nova Scotia Awards celebrate excellence in artistic achievement. The award categories are as follows. Creative Community Impact, Prix Grand Prix, Established Artist, Emerging Artist, Black Artist, Indigenous Artist, and finally, the Portia White Prize that is given to a person who has made outstanding and significant contributions to Nova Scotia's creative community over a sustained career, uh, much like the incredible woman that the award is named after. The winner will also choose an emerging artist or cultural organization that they feel deserve some additional recognition and, and let's, let's be real, some, some bread, some extra funding, because, you know, money is what enables us to do what we do. Yo, collectively, the awards are worth $75,000. Visit artsns.ca to nominate your favorite Nova Scotia artist. 
or be a boss and nominate yourself. You know, like we're you know, we 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 artists got to start. You know, looking out for, for for number one. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's gonna take care of us if we don't take care of ourselves, right? It's it's okay. Anyway, um, yeah, this series it would not be possible without the fantastic production work of Heist and Kiki Beats. Uh, shout out to them once again. On this episode, I got to chat with emerging artist award winner. Kumbi, and a special guest named Eleanor. Okay. All right. Hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Uh, much appreciated and same. So if, for the audience's purposes, can you state your name, pronouns, and artistic medium? Uh, my name is Kumbi. I use she, they pronouns, and I'm a theater, filmmaker, actor, writer, producer, intimacy coordinator. <laughs> and this is Eleanor. <laughs> hey, Eleanor. I've been like trying to get Eleanor to, to She will. She will. I'll give you snacks to give her after and she'll, she'll be on board. Yeah. Uh, oh, and her artistic medium is um, performer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so precious. Uh, so like you're doing a lot of different things and we kind of talked a little bit beforehand about like how it's important if you want to survive in the creative spaces sometimes you like naturally have to be multidisciplinary in that way. Uh, for us at least it's almost a requirement yeah. like to wear multiple hats um, because just that's the nature of the industry here. You've got to be able to do different things or you're going to be waiting by the phone for a long time. Yeah, so you like you started out as a youth performer, or, and it was that something you thought I'm going to be an actor, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, actually, I could do these other things as well. Yeah, <laughs> almost exactly. It was like I I wanted to be well, actually, I wanted to be a dancer first. Oh. Um, it was going to be dance, and then like grade five Halifax Grammar School, I did my drama club, and I was like, oh, I can tell stories with words. <laughs> that uh. blows my mind, and so then it became yeah, acting. I really wanted to be an actor. Um, and then I moved to Toronto. I was waiting by the phone and it wasn't ringing. Um, and I got an opportunity to write something that I could act in. And that was the whole point. I just wanted to act in it. Um, and then I met with the director who I wanted to direct what I was going to act in. And I was like, this is the shot. I imagine it, you know, going from here and then zooming it. And like, I'm gonna stop you right here. Um, that's directing. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? directed if you've already decided what all of the shots are, um, which kind of blew my mind again because it actually hadn't occurred to me. Yeah. And I think it was growing up on film sets and never seeing anyone who looked like me behind the camera. Yeah. I just didn't think it was an option. Um, and so as soon as she said that, I was like, huh. Um, and I went behind the camera and then that opened up a whole other world. <laughs> so much to dig into right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, has that changed for you, actually? I mean, I know you're one of the folks but has that visibility changed in your oh absolutely yeah and especially in the last maybe well few years I would say obviously since 2020 that was a massive shift um, big time and people are certainly I'll say trying to put their money where their mouths are I don't think it's necessarily there yeah. in the way that we need it to be there but um, yeah it's definitely shifting I think in a positive way yeah and I mean, like the thing you said too about wanting to be in a film, I mean, Kanye's done that with his music. <laughs> I've done that in, in a lot of ways. It's 
if they if you don't can't get a seat at the table sometimes you got to build your own you have to build your own exactly and I think that's something artists can learn a lot from in, in your what you're saying <laughs> so that's great uh is there a particular uh piece of art that you're very proud of <laughs> um i mean i think the biggest accomplishment is probably the feature film that I did last year. It was my first sort of real official funded feature film. Um, it was called Bystanders. Uh, and that was sort of a massive undertaking. It really took me outside of my comfort zone. My partner and I wrote it together and then I directed it. Um, so it's, it's probably that. Pride is a, a word that I probably have <laughs> too complicated of feelings around. But um, yeah, I think I, I showed up in the way that I wanted to show up. And so I feel good about that. Yeah, that's that's cool. How what was it like working with your partner <laughs> creatively? Like I mean, I think our whole life was sort of based in working together first before the life part came. So that has always felt super natural. That doesn't make, mean it's easy, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's always just felt right for us to create together. Cool. Uh, is there um, like a moment or a person that sort of inspired you to say, "This is what I want to do." It's, it's funny because I think I have actually needed that many times. Like, I don't know if there's like a specific, like first time where it was like everything clicked. I think it's, had, I've had so many ups and downs and anytime someone has like gone out of their way, honestly, just to say anything encouraging, it has propelled me forward. Um, I mean, this is a massive, <laughs> a massive thing for me. I think anytime someone has, given me a job honestly it's like that that vote of confidence has sort of meant the world especially when i didn't have it in myself yeah. so i'm trying to think if there's like a, a specific moment i mean i guess that drama club when they gave me i think i got the role of like juliet in yeah. grade seven or something and that was the first time I, I was it was sort of a leading role and i was only in grade seven i wasn't in grade nine yet and so yeah. that felt like a really big deal and i think the feedback that i got from being in those shows made me think like, oh, maybe there's something here. Maybe it's not just a thing that I just really like to do or is just really yeah. fun. Like maybe it can be more than a hobby. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Is, and I mean, with all of us, like it's one thing to make art as a hobby, to make, you know, film or whatever it is that you're working on. Uh, but when you want to do it as a profession, there's got to be something extra that's driving you. So like... <laughs> What is this, the force behind your artistic work and like what is it that keeps you going? Oh gosh, I mean, I think even just that mentality of being like, oh, if I wanna make an art form my actual life, yeah. then I actually have to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my parents and my family really supported that. When I told them I was dropping out of school, or I said I was deferring, but I never went back, so I dropped out. <laughs> but at the time I was deferring, um, I think there's a lot of reasons they could have really resisted that, but for them, they were gonna support it as long as I tried my hardest. So for them, it was all about the effort that I was putting in as opposed to what or where I was putting it. Um, and I think that was massive because I was like, okay, if I take this seriously and if I can do it, and I would always give myself these timelines. It would be like, if I can pay my bills for one year, for two, okay, for five years, then you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to school. Or, and that timeline just kept changing. And, I'm very grateful that it's now, 
<laughs> done. I don't have those thoughts as much anymore. Um, but in terms of the like force behind it, I think I just really believe in the power of story. Yeah. And so being part of a story in any way, whether it's writing it, directing it, acting in it, intimacy coordinating someone else's story, that feels really meaningful to me. And mm -hmm. so that that feels like it gives me purpose. Right. Shout out to your parents, by the way. That's, that's Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So they gave me that. They gave me that after I directed my first short film. Uh, that was a birthday present. And I didn't even think of myself as a director at that point. So yeah. they saw it before I did. That's a reminder of, like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, that's who I am. Uh, so, like, you talked about the importance of visibility and possibility models mm -hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Does that play a part in the type of films you involve yourself in? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I think it's just integral. So maybe I don't think of it that way as much anymore. I think there was probably a time where I was like diversity, like yeah. how do I get the and now it's just it just is because it's my reality. And so if I'm creating something, I want it to be as realistic as possible. Um, so it just sort of happens. I do think we have to be really intentional about it and we have to think it through and we have to sort of process it and plan it and all of those things. But um, I would say maybe at the moment it's less of like my first thought and maybe something that is coming a little bit more naturally to me at this point. But it's definitely something that's still important. I'm never going to make you know, an all-white movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and you know, you, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you are the first intimacy coordinator? I, I'm one of the first. One of the I, first. Yeah, so they're, um, I'm part of an organization called Intimacy Coordinators Canada, okay. and so there, there's two of us who are in that organization um, based in Nova Scotia right now. And that's, yeah, hopefully more, because we do need more, but yeah, at yeah. the moment it's, it's just us. <laughs> Has there been like an experience on a set that kind of made you think, oh, we need this? Well, as an actor, I have signed a couple nudity riders. I've had a couple sort of like intimacy scenes and I've seen how it can go any way. I think I was really lucky that nothing horrible happened to me ever. Yeah. Um, but it's just so easy because there are so many things to think about and that type of work and that type of scene um, just has a lot of other elements that is not necessarily someone's specific job to think of unless you have an intimacy coordinator. So I think I saw pretty quickly how badly it could go. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited that there's now a position that can kind of cover all of those bases. Nice. And, and in that, are you in close conversation with, say, the director and the actors to say, like, you know, this is respecting the boundaries, but this is also, like, helping it feel authentic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's maybe part of what I love about it is that um, I feel like I get to be part of that creative process without it being my vision specifically. It's all about getting into the director's head and seeing what they want to do with it and then how I can sort of serve that process, which I love because I think one of my favorite things about filmmaking is that it's a team sport. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I can be any part of that team feels really good. Right. That actually blows me away about the <laughs> film industry in general, too. Like, how many people, even in a small production, it's, like, it's very difficult to do it by yourself. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, for you, are there any um, routines in your creative process that you kind of, like, have to do all the time? Um, that's also a good question. <laughs> You've done this before. <laughs> um, I think... 
I mean, I'm, I'm a big like people first person. So for me, it's the like very, very first step is surrounding myself with the right people. Yeah. Um, I think that like team building step is maybe the most important of the whole process. So I don't know if that's necessarily a routine, but I definitely want to, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's in terms of who I'm collaborating with. Um, I want the vibe to be right. Yeah. Uh, cause I think that affects the entire piece well yeah i was actually gonna ask you like also what like an essential ingredient would be and and the right team seems like that would be the essential ingredient yeah i think the right team is the essential ingredient and in terms of who that right team is it can change based yeah. on the project i mean ultimately i think you have to um like give a shit <laughs> it matters to me a lot um i want i want to work with people who want to be there um and also, you know, just similar values in terms of, you know, communication, integrity. Um, I, I don't think that making movies should feel bad. I, it's something I love to do. It brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. So I want it to be a joyful experience. So I want to work with other people who want it to be a joyful experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's I mean, I you say that. So, I, I mean, I've been on a couple sets and I've heard some things. Sometimes, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, AD directors can be, you know, not the... Yeah, yeah. It can people. get a little tense. It can, it can sometimes get a little tense. Do you feel like as a director, in order to get people to listen to you, you have to be that personality? You know, it's funny, actually, one of the first directing, like, workshops that I ever took, mm -hmm. um, there was a, a woman who was the instructor, and she started talking about, like, on the first day, you know, I find someone um, to either, like, fire or really, like, put in their place because otherwise, like, they won't respect you and they won't, you know, listen to you and all of these things. And I was so struck by... First of all, how hard it must have been for her to be in the industry that long ago that that was true, like that, that she had to do that to get that respect. I just, I really felt for her. And second, I was like, not for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's not it. That's, I, I don't think I will ever be able to, to do that. That doesn't sound pleasant in any way. Um, and so... I think you do have to figure out a different way because sometimes it's true. Sometimes you do have to sort of win people over. Um, and I don't love that. I think it's one of the reasons I like working on my own things because then I do have more control over the team because then I can choose people who are going to just give me the basic respect that, sure. that we all deserve anyways. Um, so I don't, I, I don't do that. Um, and I think it's important to me that that stays that way. Right. Cool. Uh, I'm, because, I mean, I, I asked you because, like, there is this conception or maybe misconception, I don't know, in my opinion anyway, mm -hmm. that to be a leader, you kind of have to be, like, aggressive. Or yeah. I, I think a lot of people have that impression, and I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. And I wonder, one moment, Eleanor would like to investigate <laughs> other things. Bye. <laughs> Um, I think that impression of the the classic sort of leader yeah. who is, um, yeah, aggressive, assertive, all of these things. I I'm trying not to gender things in my life anymore as my idea of gender starts to dissolve. Yeah. But I do think that that's sort of a classic sort of toxic male perspective or idea of leadership that yep. we've all sort of embodied or agreed with. Um, and I think we're starting to lose that. And I think that's really exciting. I don't think people are accepting being treated in a way that disrespects their very core anymore as much. That doesn't mean that some of those traits aren't very 
valuable. I think being decisive and assertive and clear, all of those things are important. Um, but I don't think it has to come with, with this like tension and anger that it previously might have. Yeah. Right. So um, how does living and creating in Nova Scotia impact your work? Um, I mean, it's hard. It's, I, tr I went to Montreal for a year. I, I did Toronto for a couple years and I just kept coming back and, and now I feel quite settled here. Um, but I would like to work other places as well. So I might have a better answer for you when I've worked <laughs> other places. But at the moment, I mean, that, that core ingredient that we talked about of like choosing your team, that works for me because I live here and the, the family and base and community that we have here um, is so accessible and you you know people and people know each other and there's a history here with the, the community and the, the industry and so I feel like that assists in everything that we do. Um, yeah, it's it's there's something about being on a set and your you know your boom dies and you're like going through your contacts and texting people and a friend was on vacation just down the road and someone drove down and he just like opened his trunk and had all of the equipment and then we you know like that kind of thing maybe it happens other places but to me that's something really special about shooting in Nova Scotia. Love it, love it. And it's pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so what is winning this award mean to you I mean, like we were talking about like you're you know emerging but also you, you're your boss I mean, that's <laughs> thank you i appreciate that um i it's dope i don't know <laughs> I mean, my partner won it a couple years ago, okay. so in in some ways, it's really satisfying to you know be catching up. Yeah. Um, so that feels great. But uh, no, I think anytime I've been recognized by my peers, it feels really special yeah. because I've been on juries and I know how hard it is <laughs> to sure. decide, and so I feel very honored and and lucky. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> is there anything that we haven't covered that you just Oh, I'm sure I'll think of stuff tomorrow. But <laughs> That's how it always goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be like, what? Why did I? How did I not say that? But no. <laughs> uh, well, Kumbi, it was nice to meet you and learning more about your process. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming over and yeah. chatting. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Wasn't Kumbi great? And, you know, she mentioned her partner, uh, Taylor, actually. Uh, Taylor, you know. Gotta give some props to Taylor too because, you know, seeing some of the Arpez Me gear in, in some of the productions and, and some of the the stuff. So, you know, thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, make sure you go to artsns.ca to nominate yourself or nominate your favorite Nova Scotia based artist. But you can nominate yourself too, right? Cool. Check me out at rpaysme.com. Peace.